Hello, my beautiful angels. Welcome to episode 99. Today, this whole episode is going to be around dealing with family drama, anything to do with family drama. It can be siblings, parents, um, in-laws, whatever. Um, I feel that pretty much most people, not everyone, but most people deal with this, whether it's in their family or whether it's an in-law. And what I found with a lot of the things that people wrote into me is that in-laws can be one of the most complicated relationships ever to the extent that they can even break your relationship because there's just so many parties involved. It's not just one person that you're dating. You're dating this person, but they come with a whole family attached. And that family obviously has a long history with the person that you're dating. And it can be a really good history or it can be a really kind of chaotic, tumultuous history. And then you're kind of thrown into the mix and hence why it can be so complicated and even not only relationship destroying, but fucking soul destroying at times. So we're going to be going into all sorts of different things. What I did was I put up a little question box on my Instagram earlier today and I got everyone to write in or DM me things about, you know, family dramas that they're going through. So I'm going to go through them. I found like there were some shorter ones, which I'll go through first. And then there's some longer stories that were in my DMs that I'm going to also address. Not doing a brain fact today. There's just so many of these to get through. And I really wanted to get through as many of these as possible, Um, especially coming into like Christmas and this holiday season where I think a lot of people feel a lot of pressure to be the perfect family member and see everyone that they need to see and to play happy families. And I feel that a lot of people feel this pressure, even if their parents or their family isn't putting on the pressure. I think they feel it internally on themselves because they see it's kind of the time of the year where you see all these like happy families and the, the ideal family and all this dynamic that maybe it's the time of the year where it affects you the most if you have kind of like a toxic situation or not a great relationship with somebody in your family. So this is probably the prime time where these emotions are probably going to be flaring up for you if you are in one of these situations. So let's kind of get straight into it. So starting with the shorter ones, we've got, I think, nine. Number one, expectations of having to see your toxic parents. Okay, like I've said many, many times before, no one has just direct access, a golden ticket into your life. Nobody. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they birthed you. I don't care if they brought you into this world. It's actually irrelevant if they brought you into this world. If someone is toxic, you do not have to spend time with that person, okay? Granted, I understand that there would be feelings of guilt because you're used to being guilt-tripped and normally someone with a toxic parent has been raised in a way where guilt and emotional blackmail is a currency, so it's not easy for you to just switch it off. But what you need to understand is that when toxic parents put the pressure on for you to come and see them all the time, you've got to kind of ask yourself a question. What is their overall goal? Does, do my parents want me coming over? because they miss me, because they're really desperate to see me, they haven't seen me in a while and they adore me and they just want to share a really beautiful loving moment? Or is it for narcissistic reasons? Do they want me to come over so they can feel validated, so they can project shit onto me, so they can feel like they're important because X, Y, Z? You know, always ask yourself, what is the purpose of my visit and what are they trying to get out of it and what am I trying to get out of it? You should only ever be visiting your relatives if you understand that when you go over, it is a mutual exchange of you guys having a nice, loving encounter. End of story, okay? 
if you genuinely know that your parents are narcissistic or toxic and they just want to stir something or they want to be validated or they want to shift the blame or they want you to validate them while they're having an argument with somebody else, all that bullshit, it means that they actually don't give a flying fuck about you as an individual being there. They need you to be there to serve them or serve their narrative or their, their sense of self in order to get an outcome. Okay, And that's what a lot of toxic people do. They don't actually care about spending quality time with you, how you feel about it. And a lot of toxic people, they obviously don't care about how you feel about it because they don't, they don't really think about the repercussions of putting you in a situation where you're extremely uncomfortable time and time again. They'll flip it around and make themselves the victim in that situation. Okay, So if you're having this kind of expectation put on you with your toxic parents, you've got two options. Option number one, you absolutely just don't have to go. You don't have to explain yourself and you don't have to go. That's probably going to feel like a really hard thing to do because you, like I said, you might be kind of groomed into feeling like it is your fault and that you are responsible for them, even though you're not. Or the other option is for you to actually raise certain things with them and for you to try and say, look, I'm more than happy to come over. However, last time or the last couple of times, things didn't end too well. I felt really uncomfortable with these things. Do you think it's possible for us to maybe address these things before I come over? Okay. If you are absolutely not willing to do that, then you kind of have your answer as to if you should go and see them or not. If you're thinking, fuck that, I'm not going to raise it with these people, then why the fuck are you going to visit them in the first place? Do you know what I mean? You need to keep things short and fucking sweet and sparse if someone is making your life a misery. And if you don't want to see them at all, don't, okay? You don't owe people shit, especially when it comes to your time and especially when they are toxic or manipulative or narcissistic, okay? No one has a golden ticket into your life, okay? Even if they brought you into this world, a parent doesn't own you, okay? Great. Number two. The pressure of going to see everyone at Christmas and then not enjoying it. This is a really tough one because this often has nothing to do with people being toxic or dramatic or whatever. Often, for a lot of people, they actually do want to see, you know, their families, their in-laws, their whatever, but they end up getting spread so thin and they just absolutely do not enjoy themselves. So in that scenario, and especially depending on how much you're willing to extend yourself and, and stretch yourself out to see all these people... I would recommend that you, like, you're going to have to pick your battles. You're going to feel a lot better if you just make a statement saying, you know what, this Christmas, at least on this day, I'm just going to spend it with this, with these people, you know, like I would love to come and visit you guys maybe the following day or the day prior or whatever, or can we figure out a time? But it gets to a point where I think that everyone is so hell-bent on, you know, having this ideal time, this beautiful time that, you know, you're pushing so much for this picturesque image in your head of what Christmas can be and spending it with people and spending it, that you end up just not being present at all. This is typical of New Year's Eve as well. Have you guys noticed, I don't know if it's just me and my friends, that New Year's Eve is the biggest buzzkill. Like you spend so much time planning for this night. It's got to be this big event. It's the one night of the year, planning, planning, organizing, trying to organize this person, that person, that. The night comes around and it comes and goes before you know it because you're trying to get all your shit together, trying to get everyone together at the right moment, make it perfect, make it perfect. And then it ends up being just a dud. 
For me, the best New Year's Eves I've ever had are the ones that I planned nothing and it's just kind of been this really spontaneous, hey, why don't you come to this, rolling into it and I end up having the best time. That to me is kind of similar to what I'm talking about with Christmas. You're almost better off, and I know it's hard because you don't want to offend people, but you're almost better off picking one family, one group and saying this year, this time I'm spending it with this side of the family, whether it's your in-laws or whether it's your side of the family and pick your fucking battles. So for example, let's say that you're in a relationship and you have decided you're going to spend Christmas with your family, right? You've got to make that clear to your partner, obviously, and say, hey, look, this year I'm being spread too thin. I'm exhausted. I just really want to enjoy my Christmas. And I feel that going from house to house to house is just going to do my head and I'm not going to enjoy it. I just want you to understand that I'm going to need to spend this Christmas just with my family. But having said that, if you're going to say, look, I'm doing this for myself, I need to do this, then you cannot turn it around and expect your partner to do everything that you do, okay? You have to allow for your partner to then have this opportunity to make up their mind about what they're going to do. Your partner might be like, you know what? I'd get that, but I really want to spend time with my family this Christmas. And you say, well, why don't we just agree that this Christmas you spend it with your family, I spend it with mine. Obviously, I'm talking about families right now that don't have kids, clearly. You know, if you have children, it's a bit different. That's a different story. But if you're dating or whatever and it's the first few years of the relationship, it's not the end of the world if you spend Christmas together, if that means both of you can just have a relaxed time with your family. All I'm saying is that if you make a decision based on needing to create some boundaries and having some chill time, you also have to allow that for the people around you. If you don't want people to get offended about who they spend Christmas with, you also have to reciprocate that and not get offended when someone needs to spend it with somebody else, okay? Just always remember that everything I talk to you about what's going on in your life, you then have to reciprocate that and be understanding for other people as well. Okay, number three, best way to deal with being asked, when are you going to meet someone? This one's just short and sweet. You, you can just say something like, funnily enough, I actually don't have a crystal ball, so I'm not sure how I can answer that. Or you could say, do you know the answer to that? Because I'm, I'd be very intrigued to know. You know, like it's, you've always got to throw it back on then or my guess is as good as yours. Or you can just blatantly answer them and say, actually on the 26th of August, 2025. So write that in your calendar. Next. You know, just kind of little kind of things to be like, you're asking a fucking stupid question. What the fuck would be the ideal answer to that? I don't know. What do you want me to say? What the fuck do you want me to say? Oh, I'm going on dates and they're fucked and I haven't met someone, right? Like, fuck off. So just kind of spin it around and just kind of highlight to them that's a dumb question. Anyway, next. Number four. My stepdad having an input on what I wear. I wore swimmers and got yelled at for revealing too much skin. Okay, this is absolutely not okay. Absolutely not okay. And in my opinion, if you feel comfortable enough to do so, something needs to be said. I would say something along the lines of, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not going to take comments from anybody about my choice of clothing and my own autonomy over my body. Not from a stranger and not from a relative. And then you can also go on to say, when you make comments like that, the only thing you achieve is me not wanting to be around you. You achieve nothing else, okay? You can say that as calmly or as fired up as you want. You need to draw such a fucking line in the sand. You need to create that boundary quick, smart, okay? 
And if you're here thinking, fuck, I wish I could say that, but it's going to make it so awkward, good. If you make that encounter awkward, imagine them trying to say that again in the future. They're not going to dare. They would be mortified to find themselves in yet another awkward position again. So if an opportunity presents itself to make someone feel uncomfortable as fuck, to call them out for making a comment on your body, take that fucking opportunity with both hands and run, okay? Number five. My mother-in-law can't come to our engagement party because she would rather go to a St. Patrick's Day at a local pub. Obviously, my partner wants her at ours and he's heartbroken at the fact that she would rather miss it. How do we tackle this? Okay, there's two ways of tackling it. Firstly, you've got to understand that unless drama has gone down and it's caused her to react this way and this is her way of letting you know that she's upset, whatever. So unless that's happened, which I'll address in a sec, there's nothing you can do to change what people do, change their behavior, change whatever. The, the most you can do is raise it and try and get understanding around why someone's doing what they're doing, okay? But to be like, we need this person here, this person needs to come to our event. At the end of the day, if she doesn't want to be there, as sad as that is, she's, she doesn't have to be there, okay? It kind of sucks, but I would rather have someone not be at an event than them at an event not wanting to be there. Any day of the week, no matter how close they are to me, no matter if they are my parents. I fucking adore my parents. But if they said, we don't want to be at your wedding, I'd be so sad. But I'm like, don't come. Devastated. But if you don't want to be there, don't come. You know what I mean? So firstly, what I would recommend, I mean, you guys obviously know this situation more than I do, but initially, firstly, try and identify, has something happened to cause her to not come? Is this her protest? Is she having, you know, a reaction to something? If you know for a fact that she's not, then you could ask her once, can we just ask you why it is that you don't want to come to the engagement, okay? Put it out there and don't say it in a judgmental way. Don't be angry because that's just going to make the situation worse. If you're going to approach her in an angry way, pissed off, whatever, then you're not, you're not getting anywhere and she's not going to turn around and say, oh, now that you've blown up at me, I'll definitely come. So if you genuinely want her to be there, the only thing you can do is say, listen, we just want to talk to you about this. Is there you know, why is it that you don't want to come? Is, are you uncomfortable being here? Is it something that you dis disagree with? We'd love to hear what you have to say. If you are not willing to approach it calmly and under with understanding, then just don't bother and don't have her at your engagement party because it's just going to equal more drama. All right, number six. My This is fucked, this one. My in-laws keep pressuring me to go on the marina that like, which is birth control, um, even after specifically asking them to stop having these conversations as I don't feel comfortable or feel that they have a place to have an opinion over my bodily autonomy and all the pressure is on me. Firstly, no wonder you're feeling uncomfortable. That's a fucked situation. Are they high on crack cocaine? Like who the fuck says that to an in-law? But anyway, what I would do if I were you is I would pull my partner aside in private and say, you need to pull up your fucking parents or family, whoever it is in the in-laws that's saying this, and they can never say that again. It is now up to you to stand up for me because the only reason I hang out with your fucking family is because I am dating you. You are the common denominator and you are now responsible to stand up for me in this situation. If your partner is not willing to do that, then your next step is to say, from now on, I'm just going to tap out of your family events, okay? Because I don't feel comfortable with them having all these opinions over my body and you just sitting there like a fucking wet noodle for a spine and not doing anything to stand up for your partner, okay? 
the whole in-law thing is very, very complicated. But one thing you need to understand is that everybody involved, you, your partner, your partner's family, your family, everybody involved should be putting in the effort to get to know and get to know each other and make each other feel comfortable in that situation. Okay. If they are not doing that, you don't have to put up with it. I don't care. This idea of like, oh, I've got to tiptoe around my... No. No. If someone is not treating you with respect, you don't have to be there. And if someone says, oh, how rude that you didn't come over, you can just put it back on them and say, listen, to be, to be fair with you, I'm not comfortable you discussing my body. I don't want to hear it again. And I've already asked you and you didn't respect it. So my only solution was to not come over. So just put it back on them. Stop with this being polite with people that are treating you like shit just because they're older, just because they're your in-laws or just because they're superior. Fuck that shit. Respect is respect, no matter who you are. Everybody should respect everybody else. So don't feel that you're being rude because you're not respecting someone when they've originally been disrespectful to you, okay? It's mutual. It has to go both ways. Number seven, I'm really close to my brother, but how do I manage feeling left out when he chooses a girlfriend? This is a very interesting one because you're going to hear one later on in a few, like when I talk about the longer stories of the other perspective of the girlfriend dealing with her partner and his relationship with his sister. Okay, so hear me out. Just look at how you are perceiving what you're saying. You're saying, how do I not feel, like how do I manage the feelings of being left out? You're not being left out. Left out of what? Your brother is entering or would be entering into a romantic relationship, which is a natural progression of life. He's not leaving you out of anything. He's creating a new relationship within his life that is a private relationship that, of course, he'll include in his family here and there, but it is his intimate relationship, right? So you're not being left out. He's creating a whole new part of his life, okay? And a relationship is two people. So if you take it like a personal attack, it's going to feel like a personal attack. You just have to respect that the time that you have with your brother is not a given or it's not an expectation of you've got to dedicate this much time to me. They are moments to be enjoyed when you're able to have them. So for some people, it's every single day. For some people, it's whatever. Your closeness shouldn't change. I think a lot of people think that in order to be close, you have to be living up in each other's fucking face with your eyeballs touching 24-7. No, you can be even closer without having to see each other 24-7. It's all about the depth of the relationship that you have, the understanding of the relationship that you have with each other. That's where the closeness comes from, not physical proximity. And unfortunately, or not even, and just as it is, I wouldn't even say unfortunately because it is what it is, when someone gets into a relationship, they're obviously not going to be able to give you the same amount of time that they did prior because, of course, they have to nurture this relationship because that relationship could then turn into them having children, if that's what they want, and them then having to put their immediate family first. That's just how life evolves. Like, look at your parents. Your parents are probably spending way more time with, your, with you, the children, and their spouse instead of always tapping out and going to see their extended family. You know, that's just how life is. That doesn't mean that they're less close it means that time spent is going to be divided differently when someone gets into a relationship and when someone, you know, has a family. 
The sad thing is, and I really hope you can like look at it in a different way and look at your relationship with your brother and the closeness that you have as something that that closeness that you have should be unbreakable. You shouldn't feel that you're going to be left out when he gets into a relationship, okay? The problem is if you do feel that you're going to be left out, you are likely going to feel competitive or attacked by the new person that he brings into his life. And your ability to get a really good connection with that other person might be limited because of that. So you need to remove all that kind of sense of being left out. This is happening to me. I'm the victim of this situation. When in reality, it's just one of those situations of the evolution of life. Now, I'm not saying you do this, but just looking at the bigger scope of the picture with a lot of relationships, a lot of siblings feel some level of ownership over each other. Okay. And they, they label it as being close and that's not healthy or some sort of entitlement to their siblings time over their siblings partner. Like I'm closer to them. We get along more. Like you're never going to get to know them as much as I know them. Like that's, that's not healthy. Okay. Not healthy. You can be just as close or closer Actually, guaranteed you'll be closer with your siblings if you learn to evolve with your siblings as they develop through life, through their relationships, through their life situations. If you stay stagnant, then it's probably going to upset you when they're having all these changes in their life, when they're evolving. If they want to live overseas, you might take that as a personal stab. You did this to me. You left me when they're just living their life. Okay. This idea of physical proximity and amount of time spent should never be confused with how close and how um, meaningful your relationship is with your siblings. Those two are independent of each other. I know many siblings that spend so much time together and I hear their conversations and they're talking fucking smack. And then when it comes to opening up and talking about real shit, that the last people they talk to are their siblings. But then they're like, oh, I'm so tight with my siblings. I'm like, cunt, you're not. You spend every waking hour with them. But when it when shit hits the fan, you don't go running to them. You go running to your mates. So this bullshit of time spent equals closeness No. Okay. So don't think that your brother getting a partner is going to change your closeness. Look at your relationship with your brother. And if it's healthy, if it's whatever, try and evolve with him and and try and get to know your brother's partner. Try and become friends with your brother's partner. My sister is dating this fucking legend and I love that for her and I adore him. And when I go over, I spend time with both of them and it's just a big fucking happy family. If I felt it as, a, as like, you know, I'm being left out, then I would probably see him as a threat and I would probably have this underlying like, oh, you've taken her away from me. And that would kind of interfere with my ability to enjoy my time with the two of them together. So just change your wording around it would be my advice. Number eight, I haven't come out to my parents yet. Is it wrong for me not to tell them? Look, I think a lot of the time when people don't come out to their parents, it's the parents' fault. You know, they've obviously set it up in a way that the child feels uncomfortable or unable to do so. So the way I look at it is if you feel absolutely horribly uncomfortable and in a terrible position, it is not wrong that you have not told your parents. They've set it up that way, unfortunately. Um, if you feel that it's blocking your ability to do certain things in your life. I mean, the way I look at it is you should feel free and be able to tell people who you are, what you are about, you know, who you are inclined to like, who you are in love with, all of that. But don't ever feel guilty or that you're in the wrong because you're hiding something from someone who you feel would attack you if they knew the truth, okay? All I would encourage you to do is don't dampen down who you are. Don't think that you are less off or that you have to play small when you're around them because, 
of what they're going to think or whatever, okay? I just want you to know that you're not wrong for not telling someone when they've probably made you feel that what you've done is wrong or whatever. They set it up that way, it's now their fault. The fact that you're now distancing yourself from them and not sharing this information from them, it's their fucking problem. They did that to themselves by being, you know, judgmental or whatever over that topic. Number nine, what do I do after two years of coming out to my family and they still don't accept my sexuality? I actually find it hysterical when parents say, I don't accept it. So what, cunt? Are you delusional? Are you in denial? What's not to accept? It's a fucking fact that I'm gay. You not accepting, a parent not accepting that their child is gay is like when those little kids sit in the corner, cover their ears and they're like, la, 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 because they don't want to hear it. That's the same thing. That's what I think. When I hear a parent saying, oh, I don't accept it, I think of a child having a tantrum because they don't want to hear something that's being told to them. Okay. It's like, lol, we're not discussing theories here. We're talking about a fact. What What they're actually trying to say is that they are offended that you didn't turn out the way that they wanted you to and that you don't fit the little narrative that they have in their head. So you're then going to make them feel bad about it instead of quickly editing that narrative that they've created out of thin air. They're just going to project that onto you. That's what they're saying. When they say, I don't accept it, they're saying, you should take the blame for the fact that I can't edit this little narrative in my head and the fact that I'm projecting my identity onto you, but it's your fault. So that's what they're saying. Okay. Lol. No, 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 no. What I would do if I were you is I would say to them, at what point are you going to be able to get over this, this idea? Because you accepting it or not accepting it is not actually a thing, okay? My sexuality is what it is. It's a fact. It's this stable thing in my life. So you are either going to continue having a normal relationship with me or you're not. But this idea of accepting or not accepting is essentially childish and I'm bored. So make up your mind. Call me when you're ready to have a normal parent-child relationship again. Or don't. I can't, I can't decide what you're going to do. Okay, now I'm going to go into some longer ones. I've got a couple. Family advice. Am I doing the right thing distancing myself from my family? My mum has always been funny when it comes to money. She has always hated my well-off family members and there's always been tension. She's always earned a minimum wage but chooses to buy organic and has other expensive living costs which I feel as though she could cut back on, but really she can spend her money as she wishes. She also uses weed extensively and illegally for pain. I was leaving, and pain is in inverted commas. I was living with her during COVID for six months, which only meant which was only meant to be a visit and then I got stuck. After that period, I ended up getting a very well-paid job as an engineer at the mines. I'm due to graduate next year, but managed to score a six-figure position in 2019. After I got this role, she started questioning me about how much I was getting paid. I told her I didn't feel comfortable sharing that information and that it was private. She was very passive aggressive after this happened. I moved out at the beginning of the year and bought my own first house. But before I did, she keeps bringing up that I apparently owe her $10,000. She can't tell me what the 10K is for. Um, Whenever I ask, she tells me it's for different things. Like I need to pay her back for school costs or my braces, etc. All things she paid for was when I was under 18 years old. I haven't spoken to her or seen her much since I moved out and I feel uncomfortable visiting too. 
because I get drug tested regularly for work and don't want to accidentally breathe something in or have it on my clothes slash belongings contaminated due to her drug use. Am I wrong for distancing myself? She was a good mum, but I don't feel as though I should be, re- be responsible for taking care of her now that I'm older and well off. Okay, you're not wrong for distancing yourself, number one. And look, when it comes to the $10,000, that is, if she's actually referring to school costs and braces, that is, I'm sorry, that's not fair. You were a child and those are responsibilities of a parent to pay for that shit. What was the alternative? To not send you to school? Like, come on, that's ridiculous. So the $10,000, you can forget about that. And as far as the rest of it, and, and you can tell her that or not, but, you know, if, if she does keep pressing for it, you need to say that that money is her responsibility. You were a minor under her care. So obviously she is responsible to pay for the bare minimum. It's not like you said, hey, can I take out a loan to pay for a car? That would be a different story. Even if you are under 18, if you had specifically taken out some sort of a loan, then of course you should pay that money back. But if this is literally what she's saying the $10,000 is for, then forget about it. That's a non-event. Next, you know, like forget about that. That's ridiculous. Now, obviously she's wanting some sort of financial help and this is her roundabout way of saying it in kind of an attacking way. She doesn't like the fact that you've not been, you know, forthcoming with your income, but obviously you don't feel comfortable opening up to her about it. Obviously your relationship is tense and that's something that you don't want to talk to her about, which obviously means that distance seems to be the best answer for the two of you right now. The hard thing here is it I don't know what your relationship is like and how consistent you want to see your mother or whatever, but moving forward, you're going to need to put boundaries into place. If you don't put boundaries into place, it can become quite toxic. And by boundaries, I mean, you can say, look, can we just put an end to this money thing? I don't want to be discussing it with you. The $10,000 was X, Y, Z. That was your responsibility, whatever. Or you can say, I'm not like you are entitled to do what you want to do with weed, with whatever, that's your call, but I can't be coming over for these reasons. You can still say those things to her. If she doesn't want to hear it or if she disagrees with you, that's fine, but at least you're putting all that stuff forward so that way you've set that boundary of I'm not coming, I've got these reasons, I know what I'm doing, X, Y, Z, okay? If she's not okay with that, then you do need some cooling off period. But to answer your question, you are not responsible for her, that is for sure, and you are not wrong for needing to distance yourself, okay? You actually have to go and live your life. You need to experience your life. You need to, you know, you've got a house now, you've got responsibilities now, and that's where your energy should be, okay? If if your mother doesn't want to work on the relationship, then it's not all on you. It's got to be both ways, okay? Next one. This is the one that I was referring to before, how it's similar to the sibling one. My boyfriend and his sister are best friends. They tell each other everything. When I first met her, she hardly spoke to me or even looked at me. I made an effort, invited her to events that me and my boyfriend were going to, but she still continued to talk to him as if I were never there. My boyfriend is obviously in an awkward position because he noticed, but he says she's very attached and not used to me having a partner. This is exactly what I was just talking about. But she can be very excluding. My boyfriend is a good person and he will always include me if she's deliberately excluding me, but he never actually tells her, please don't treat my girlfriend like that. She's extremely assertive and opinionated and I feel like I just lose my voice when she's around. I try so hard. Like I ask her about her interests. I ask her to have coffee. When, and when it's just the two of us, it's much easier to deal with her. But whenever he's with us, she's possessive and dominates conversations and tends to speak about only things that they know. 
Anyway, I'm pretty patient and I want to have a good relationship with her because I love my partner and I genuinely think her and I could get along quite well in the future. She's a good human being and intelligent. We have quite similar interests, intellectual interests, funnily enough, more in common with her than with my boyfriend. But I just don't want her seeing me as the girl that took her best friend. I really don't know what else to do. My friends always comment on my interactions with her as me being overly kind. But I like to be kind so I don't see it as a loss until the moment that I feel but I sorry, but I don't see it as a loss until those moments that I feel small or disrespected. Anyway, not sure what else to do. She also tends to put me on the spot and ask me very uncomfortable questions. She can be a little bit of a bully, but everyone's always says, "Oh, she's got a strong personality." Ha ha. When I think ordinarily most people would say, "Oh, that's a little harsh." Okay. So, good on you for wanting to work on this relationship with her. She's of course, you know, if things work out with you and your partner, she's going to be family for the rest of your life. But I would 100%, two things you need to do. You need to put some boundaries in place and get a bit more of a backbone when you're around her. I know it feels uncomfortable and whatever, but you're not, if you don't disrespect her and if you just stand up for yourself, you are not burning any bridges and you're not ruining the relationship, okay? Because anything past that, if you just stand up for yourself and she doesn't like that, then that the magnifying glass is on her, okay? There is nothing wrong with politely defending yourself. But when it comes to her excluding you and this and that, and it, you might feel uncomfortable pulling her up, being like, hey, you're literally excluding me. You're, you might not want to say that, fine. But you need to speak to your boyfriend about this. You have to speak to your boyfriend about this. And it's very similar to what I spoke about from the other angle. This woman is obviously doing that whole sibling thing from the other angle. She feels threatened. She sees you as a threat. This is not a strong personality. It's the opposite of a strong personality. This is a weak, weak threatened personality. This is someone who is threatened. She sees her sense of, she generates her identity from obviously the relationships in her life. And when someone comes in and is now the, the, you know, the star of the show, you know, because you're now the girlfriend, you're probably what's on his mind more often than his family is at this point, at least. So she now sees that as you've kind of attacked her image, her like who she is and what she's used to. She likes to be the center of attention. Who doesn't? And she's now taken that as a personal attack. Okay. She's not a bad person, probably. I don't know. I don't know her, but she's, that is not a strong personality. I can tell you that for free. Okay. A strong personality is somebody that can evolve and understand and grow and create new relationships and be vulnerable and reach out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's not what she's doing, okay? So you need to speak to your partner and obviously, this goes without saying, you have to be quite warm and understanding. If you want your partner to be on your side and understand where you're coming from, you've got to try your very best to not be on the attack. I don't think you would be because by what you're telling me, you're really trying to make this relationship work. So you're obviously very warm, very open to making this thing happen. But what I would recommend you do, talk to your partner and just say, look, it's not working right now. It is not working. And I need you to step in and do something about it. I'm not here to attack your sister. If anything, I actually want a relationship with her. If I didn't want a relationship with her, I wouldn't bother talking to you about this. So it means something to me. I think she's, you know, someone that I I could be really good friends with, but I need your help. I need you to let her know or to help her understand that this is not a threat. This is an addition to the family. 
okay? But when it comes to those times where she's singling me out or making me feel uncomfortable, you need to step up. You need to help defend me. You know, you don't have to attack her, but you can say, hey, that's not really fair. Maybe don't talk to her like that or just say something, make a comment, pull her up in the moment, okay? Because if she starts to realize that this is not going to fly with the brother, then she's going to start to change. Because unfortunately for you, she respects the brother, she doesn't really respect you. So if the brother starts to pull her up on it, she's more likely to make a change because she doesn't want to damage that relationship between her and her brother. Get him on your side, but not in an attacking way. Just get him to understand you and get him to see it in a way of like, if you help me, you help the greater good of the whole dynamic. I'm not asking you to attack your sister. I'm not asking you to be the bad guy. I'm just asking you to facilitate this relationship by standing up for me and by making her realize that this isn't a threatful situation. We're all here to be friends, okay? If you help me out here, if we can all be on an even playing field where I'm not this like weak dog that can't really stand up for myself because I don't want to like fuck up the dynamic and she's feeling like she's the dominant one when in reality she's just really insecure, then we can actually all have an amazing dynamic. We could all be great friends. This could be an incredible thing. And then, you know, if our relationship is successful, then we're a tight family. So get him on that page. Don't get him on the page of like, I'm fucking attacked, she's fucked, she's this, which I don't think you would, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like get him seeing the benefits of helping you out in this situation. Okay, next one, family advice. My partner is extremely stressed when he has to deal with slash consider slash think about and interact with his family. He hasn't taken anything from them since high school to make sure that he doesn't feel guilty. They continue to hound him, stalk him and violate every boundary that he attempts to create. They turned up to our town, eight hour flight from their house, unannounced and waited outside our gym to talk to him because they didn't know our house address. They've tried to poison the extended family against him, tried to use them to spam him with emails, phone calls, texts, and force their ideology on him. Specific religious, job, relationship expectations that are laced with racist and sexist beliefs. He's cut ties in order to have a better mental health, but they continue to find ways to torment him. How do you get through to parents who believe that they have the right to bully and emotionally manipulate their children just because they are family? You abs- <laughs> you do not get through to them. You fucking cut them out, block them, and get a fucking restraining order against these psychos, okay? These people have no cure. I'm telling you that right now. Do not bother. Do not bother. You cannot get through to them, okay? And also, the last statement, that answers the question for yourself. It says, who believe they have the right to bully and emotionally manipulate because they are family? Are these people, who are these people? Where the fuck did they come from? That they think that family, family is entitled to bully and emotionally manipulate their children. Okay, who the fuck? Like, I'm sorry, and I don't say this easily, but he needs to cut and run, okay? And to be honest, I think your partner is nearly there. The fact that he lives eight hours away and hasn't given his address to his family says a lot. He doesn't want to have a bar of them, okay? You need to just make it final. You need to cut them out. These people are going to try and infiltrate his mind. And like I said, always say, what does these people want from this? What, what outcome does the family want? 
And it's not a good one. I can tell you that. It's not a positive outcome. Always say, what is this person's motivation? What do they want out of this? And when you start to like look at what they're saying, look at what they're doing, you get a bit of an insight to think, is it worth it for me to interact and have this interaction or not? Because if that outcome that they want is for them to get what they want, is it purely for selfish purposes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then what is the point? Okay, so if I, if I were him, I would cut ties with the family and I would also cut ties with any extended family that is trying to perpetuate the situation. Get gone. Bon voyage. Goodbye. Okay, next one. Family advice. Having a bit of controversy with my immediate family about the vaccine. We live in New Zealand where now if you don't have a vaccine pass, you pretty much can't go anywhere. I don't agree with the new rules. Feels like we've been given no choice and have lost freedoms. And I say that sometimes, but my family shuts down my thoughts saying that it's better, etc., etc. I'm not trying to argue. We're all vaccinated, but I was way later than them because I was hesitant but ended up getting it for personal reasons. I hate the conversations around the vaccine and everyone's opinions. I tend to just close off about it, but I don't like the controversy it brings into our family conversations. What would be the best way for me to stand up with my thoughts without causing tension, etc.? P.S. Love your podcast so much. Thank you. It has literally helped me and healed me in so many ways this past month I can't even describe. Thank you for your kind words. Okay, this is how, how you've got to look at it. When you discuss something with your family, if it, it cannot be discussed in the sense that people get attacked and people get all defensive and people get offended, then in those scenarios I would recommend don't bother bringing it up. What is the point? When you have a debate with somebody, you should only enter the debate if you are willing, and hear me clearly, willing to listen and consider their argument. You don't have to agree. You don't ever have to agree. But you've got to be willing to hear them out, consider their argument, and even ask them questions about their point of view. Be interested. If you're not willing to do that, why the fuck is somebody going to listen to you? I'm not going to even go into the topic of the vaccine or whatever. Okay, we've all got our different opinions on that. This is not what the podcast is about. But when you're talking about disagreements and debates, You have to be willing to give what you want to get. And a debate can be very fun and very interesting and very fulfilling, even if at the end of the debate, nobody changed their mind. It's actually quite enjoyable to understand how someone else thinks and where they're coming from. But you've got to put everyone, not you, everybody has to put their those heightened emotional attachment feelings towards their idea, put them at the door and you've got to be like, okay, let's talk about this. If your family and you are not prepared to do that, then you shouldn't be talking about it because that's where it gets attacking and that's where pe- people feel personally attacked and then you're getting absolutely nowhere and then it is putting a bit of a divide between you and your family. So for sure you can stand up with your thoughts. You can do all of that, but you're going to need to enter the situation saying, you know what, guys? I would love for you to hear me out. But having said that, I also want to hear you out. I'd love this to be a mutual discussion. You need to open with a peaceful statement and say, just hear me out, just, just not, not to convince you, but so you understand where I'm coming from. And having said that, I want to hear where you're coming from, your theories, behind, your logic, where, how you came to your conclusions. And I want you to hear how I came to my conclusions. So even if we don't meet in the middle at the end, or even if we don't agree, at least we have a deeper understanding of each other's kind of thought process behind it. I can guarantee you that if you open with that, 
people they might not they might not come to the table but people will be way more likely to come to the table but you have to hear them out if you want them to hear you out okay it has to be mutual next one family advice how to deal with parents who don't go to family events and being the only one from your immediate family there and getting questions from extended family about where your parents are for as long as i can remember now i've been the only one to show up to family events and always get questions about my parents and where they are and why aren't they there which eventually leads to my uncle telling me we've tried your parents we've tried your parents are just weird and we're done trying which obviously doesn't help or doesn't feel good either also i'm an only child if that matters anyway okay so you need to kind of Remove yourself from being responsible for your parents' actions with your extended family. You are not an extension, a direct extension. You are their child, but you are not them. You have nothing to do with their actions, okay? You are an adult. You don't, you know, you're not them. So next time your parents, sorry, next time your family asks questions, you just say, I'm not them. You're going to have to reach out and ask them. And then if they're saying, if your uncle says to you, like he's being a little bit hypocritical, because if he's saying, um, if he's saying, where are your parents? Where's this? Where's that? And then he's saying, we've tried, they're just weird and we're done trying. Then it's like, well, if you're done trying, why are you asking me where they are? You have to very, I guess, politely in the sense of like not, not being rude or blowing up or whatever, but you've got to sternly say, I am not an extension of my parents. What they do is obviously different to what I do. I'm here, aren't I? So I can't answer for them. I can't make excuses for them. I am here because I want to see you guys. Anything to do with my parents, you're going to have to say to them directly. That's what you need to do. From now on, anything they want to know about your parents, it is a direct interaction, okay? You are not a messenger. You are there to see your family, not to pass on a message. Okay, now the last one. Oh my God, I need this. Haha. <laughs> so my parents are separated and both with new partners and have been with them for over 10 years. And mum is remarried to a legend. Dad is with a lady who is just a bit of a dud, to be honest. Anyway, my dad has always been hopeless. Like I never hear from him. He never calls or messages unless I do it first. He never visits. My husband and I moved away. We visited a few months ago to let them know we are pregnant. And all his girlfriend said was, I knew that's the only reason you'd visit. They always go and see her daughter and their kids. Ever since then, I let him know it's a boy and I haven't heard from him since. He doesn't check in or frankly don't think he cares. Now my question is, I don't know what to do about the situation for when our baby is born. They won't come to visit us and I will have to travel three hours just for them to meet him. Sorry it's long, but yeah, I'm just at a loss and ever since being pregnant, it's made me quite sad actually since I'm his only child, but he just doesn't give enough of a fuck about me to even message me. How would you approach the situation? Sorry if that doesn't make much sense. Obviously, a bit of trauma there. Look, this is a really hard situation to find yourself in. Obviously, your relationship with your father is good enough that you want your father I mean, your dad is a good enough person. I mean, obviously the relationship's not great, but the dad is a good enough person that you want him to be in your son's life. Obviously, that's fair enough. So what I would do is I would really, um, in a vulnerable, open-hearted, warm way, send a message like an, a letter or an email, something that's that your dad can kind of, you don't speak it out. It's got to be written. So your dad can ponder it, read it in silence, read it in um 
in private so he's got a moment to process it and doesn't have to react instantly. Let him sit with it. But I would just really open up about how you feel, how much you would love for your child to have a relationship with him, how much it's hurt you that you're not close anymore. And, you know, definitely don't be too much on the attack, but definitely mention like, is there a reason behind the fact that you're never reaching out to me, you're never calling me or you're never messaging me because that does hurt. And of course, I would love for you to do so. Put it all down on paper, put it all down and then send it to him. So your intentions are, I would love for you to be able to have a relationship with my child, okay? Put that all down, be vulnerable. The beauty of it is you're going to feel instantly better after you've sent it, regardless of the outcome, because you've done everything in your power and now the rest is no longer in your control. You can literally let that control go and said, I've really tried. I've put my heart on the line. I've been vulnerable. I can guarantee you if he never responds or if he doesn't respond favorably, or if he's like, yeah, 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 but then doesn't follow through, you're not ever going to regret sending that because all of what you've written is the truth. And being vulnerable is a very powerful thing to be. So you send that and you will feel that you'll have no regrets. You'll move through your life, your child's life. If your father doesn't want to be a part of it moving forward, you know that you will have nothing to regret because you put it out there, you tried, you weren't on the attack, you were really trying. It is now, the ball is now in his court. If he doesn't want to do anything about it, it fucking sucks, but it is no longer your responsibility. Okay? Guys, I hope that these things helped. I hope that even if your story is obviously different, that you were able to get something from it and maybe weave it into your own situation and, you know, take pieces from it and think, okay, that might be, you know, applicable to my situation or my life or, you know, my relationships. Um, Guys, thank you as always. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, for helping the podcast grow, for sharing it. You guys have been absolutely incredible. It is literally like spreading like wildfire around the world. I want to do, I went into like the stats in the site where you can look at where the listeners are around the world. And I just, a bit of a shout out. So in the UK, to my listeners in Birmingham, is that how you pronounce it? And then in in the Netherlands, to my listeners in Rotterdam, and also in Spain, to my listeners in Malaga. Hola, how exciting. So they're kind of where you guys, your beans are all around the world. And I get so excited and I see all these different like countries and cities and towns crop up. It's just absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for tuning in, for being part of this community. Honestly, fucking love you guys so much. Literally love you guys so much. We've got the best community. If you want to join the Facebook page, be a part of it, just go to um, Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez. There's all these awesome conversations going on there. Highly recommend you go and check that out and have an amazing day slash week. And I'll speak to you later on in the week. And remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone. And especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.